And so we are not only forced with industry 4.0 and digitalization just to make everything cheaper or more efficient. It's really a point how to avoid the loss of workforce. You are listening to the Future Proof Operations Podcast. The manufacturing sector is evolving and the work that happens on the front line is the key to driving future readiness. On each episode, we bring you conversations with global leaders in industrial companies. Our goal is to discuss trends, stories and people in digital manufacturing and offer the latest insight into solutions. Subscribe and be sure to check out our website for more resources at operationsone.com. I'm your podcast host, Benjamin Brockman. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence, and future-proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information. Hi, Andreas. Welcome to the Future Proof Operations Podcast. Hi, Benjamin. Great to have you on the show. Andreas, could you give me a 60 seconds overview of who you are and what you are doing? Okay, so as you said, my name is Andreas Temm. I'm working for ZF Friedrichshafen AG as Head of Production and Logistic. And since six months, I'm responsible here in the product line, Mechatronic Systems and Actuators. 52 years old with 25 years experience in chassis technology and in automotive. And most of the time in the 25 years, I worked in production roles. And what is maybe also interesting, I worked as an apprenticeship with my mechanic ground tools and working in a steel mill. So I also have blue color experience. Currently, you are the head of production at one of the plants of ZF. ZF is a huge company. Could you give us a little bit more insights about what is ZF doing? Where are you operating? Maybe, I guess you know that Friedrichshafen is one of the leading automotive suppliers for pest cars and also for trucks and also for industries. And it's a really interesting journey that F took over the last years to change from a more mechanic company doing gearboxes and chassis systems or chassis technologies and now adding software technologies, mechatronics, and really prepare for the future. And with this full toolbox, we are really able to give a portfolio to the OEMs that is really unique and will offer a lot of benefits for our customers. Today, we want to speak about specific approaches on how to combine brownfield and greenfield setups or approaches when building new factories or improving older ones. When we talk about brownfield and greenfield, could you explain, first of all, in your words, what is brownfield and greenfield? Okay, so typically when you are thinking about to expand your global footprint, you always have to make your choices where to go and what to do. And in principle, everybody likes to go greenfield, what means like everything brand new, I do my own building, I have my own stuff, everything is really great and is on my own and brand new. Like you built your home at, for your private, everything is brand new. Brownfield is then, okay, I have maybe to go some compromises. I don't have enough money, so it could be like I have to buy a factory 
or a plant that is already existing. And this will mean I have to go compromises like, okay, it's not 100% what I like and the shape is not exactly what I need for a good value stream. And also for sure, and but this is nothing bad, it's really also great to say if we now go in brownfields, it also offers us to add ourselves to some existing plants already where we speak about zebra activity. So we jump into a location where already, in this case, ZF has already some location. We can benefit from the synergies. So this is roughly the explanation. Brownfield, something is existing and I have to go some compromises. Greenfields, except of the cash I have available, I am more or less unlimited to say what I want to do and also where to go. Yeah, with a brownfield, I'm also like, where is the location or where is maybe a sister plant already in the country that I choose for movement? Before we dive deeper into brownfield and greenfield approaches, help us to understand how your factories usually look like. So if you would take me on a walk through your factory, what are you producing currently? How is it looking like in the factory? Which kind of automation level? Or how many workers do I see and what are they doing? Okay, so we are a really young product line in ZF doing this mechatronic systems. So we have three products in our product line. So the first one is called ECAS. This is about air compressor for passenger cars. It's a unique product line on its own. Then we have the active kinematic control units. So there are two kinds. We have dual actuators. This is like in every corner of the rear wheel. We have an actuator that is able to steer the rear axle by a corner of about three to 10 degrees. We have these duals mostly where we have sports cars or where we have electromobility cars having a lot of accues on the rear side. So if we have space issues, or we have this as a central unit. This is where the rear axle steering is from left wheel to the right wheel fully with a long bar. And we also have an electronic roll actuating system. So this is our third product we have in Lebring in our plant in Austria. So this is also our lead plant and you just spoke about the journey. So we have now a couple of product lines in Austria. And exactly because of really great success of this product in the market, we now have to do the expansion to North America and to Asia Pacific. And this is where we choose now to go to Mexico and to China to open new plants. And exactly what our discussion is to look for the best, the most synergies inside ZF. We have chosen to add ourselves to existing locations and now with our sister plants in the region or even also with the management of the region we try to pick the best place for our product where we see the most synergies and this is why how we found out which plant we go in mexico and which plant we will go in china and this is the interesting story for at least for me both activities are done in parallel so this is for us the challenge to raise up two new plants in parallel on two different sides of the world so the one plant in China is, I would say, more the greenfield approach, even if I go to a plant as my sister plant that is already existing. But we had there the benefit that they did an extension of the plant and we are able to jump in with one of our product lines here more in the greenfield approach. Before we dive deeper, 
when we take a look on the factory, just for us to understand what do I need to improve or set up a new factory, do I see a big production line, a lot of machines, or do I see hundreds of workers which are assembling stuff just to get the idea of how you are operating within a factory? Okay, so typical AKC line, so active kinematic control line, looks like around 55 to 15 meters. So it's a big U and it's a really one piece flow with a lot of automation inside. The automation is mostly coming because of process technologies and also at least later because of the weight of the component as from the ergonomy, we would not be allowed to lift this all by hand. Again, it's mainly fully automatic for sure, because today we are in Austria with a high cost country, but more or less we have to go the same way or will go the same ways in China and Mexico for process safety. And when I see worker in your factory, then they are maintaining machines, they are supervising and so on. They are supervising a few things. They also have to put in material in the line to start the process. But as I said, there is a lot of automatic stuff. It's a lot of supervising or in case something is happening that they have to adjust a few things or take care. Yeah. So for sure, you will not see too much people. Great. Andreas, now we understood how the factory is operating, how it looked like on a high level, how it's looking like on a high level. Now we have the task or you have the task to find a new location to produce new goods for ZF. And as you said, you have the opportunity on the one hand side to build a brand new factory on the one hand side or to use an old one, an existing one, Brownfield. Which kind of challenges do you see, first of all, when it comes to finding a new location and building or improving plants? I would say, first of all, it's really dependent a lot on your creativity. So I would always say that maybe the job in automotive or in mechanical industry where creativity is is so much in focus but if you go to a brownfield plant you really have to imagine what could be possible because it's not crystal clear to say it like this i would say the greenfield is then the easier one because you just say like this is my plot i need that size i want to have an aisle around and i want to have this and that and then this is all mostly then possible to bring in but brownfield is much more of oh we have to tear down this wall we have to move this machine. And is this possible because of, you know, there is full production in the plant. It's much more things to overcome. And it depends really a lot also on, let me say, on the plant, on the receiving plant that is really now adding us as a sister, how much they really want us, how much they see this as an advantage also for themselves, because for sure you can share your today's cost with someone else. So it's I would say it's not just because of we are nice colleagues that they all do this. It's also for the benefit of the existing plan. And again, so this is, it really depends on whom you are meeting and how you can convince that this is a really a win-win situation. So this is a lot of creativity to find nice, smart ideas to make these changes in this brownfield surrounding as low as possible by the cost and also to see what is the effects of moving machines and tear down a few stuff during normal production of today's factory. Do you see some high-level challenges which are the same for brownfield and greenfield? Like, I would imagine that. I'm not the expert, you are the expert. But for example, do I have enough space 
within a brownfield factory on the one hand side, do I have enough space for my machines? Greenfield, do I have enough space for the factory in general? Do I have power supply, internet supply? Do I have fast internet? Something like that. Are these challenges or not? Now, these are all challenges. So it's really a lot of questions you have. And also because of ZF is not doing this the first time, you really have good checklists to see in these projects. Do not forget something maybe someone else has forgotten in the history. So this is always then the lessons learned. If you have closed this kind of projects, you check again whether the checklist is helpful or do we miss a question to be prepared better for the next time. But there is a lot of things coming Again, also not only to bring my one machine inside the new plant, it's also about like, what's the next? When do I expect the second machine? Yeah? What is about growth potential? What is about flexibility? And there's a lot of things. You cannot see this project just as only I move my machine in a new plant and then I'm done. It's really more, is this solution prepared well enough for the next five to 10 years? Maybe you don't have an answer on this 100%, but at least you see if this is coming, I maybe can bring in a second machine, but a third machine will be very difficult. And then if we go that way, we have from the very first beginning to think about higher investment costs because maybe then we have to make an extension of the factory building. So get this understand. But more in this times, and this was also part of our discussion, Benjamin with Industry 4.0, more things coming now up just from the pure, I bring my machine and I need uh, gas, water, electricity. Now is exactly more coming the question of how is the internet? How is the production IT connected? What kind of standard you are using in that plant versus the standard I'm used to be from my product line? So we really have to go, and I would believe that F is on the way to over the years to come more and more to one standard. And really interesting for a production guy and could never imagine this in history. We had problems that machine times were going down because we forgot to bring up the capacity of our pneumatic power lines. So the cycle time went down. In my last five years, I really had sometimes the issue that the cycle time went down because of the IT, the cable, the Ethernet production that was not able to store fast enough the data. So we really had cycle time issues because of IT. And this was interesting because everybody was always expecting, oh, this is very fast and we don't have to wait on uh, data writings. Crazy. So there are a lot of things to take care of. And now let's go into your real world examples. You already mentioned a factory in Mexico and a factory in China. Give us a little bit more insights about the two projects and how they are connected in some way for you. So again, as we just said, these projects are done in parallel. For sure, also we in the project, we really try to bring again also synergies. So we will use most likely then a copy of an existing machine from our mother plant. And we will use just one supplier of that lines who is doing both equipments for China and for Mexico. So we have there also some synergies that one machine building company is doing the same machines in parallel. And again, therefore, we really want to see that these machines are really like twins. And we hope not to have too much differences because of maybe IT connections. As I just said, the one plant is from a different side of the world with a different sister we have. And so we really have to see what is the smart move in terms of adapting to the receiving plant? 
and to stick with our standard of our product line. So this is really a lot challenging as well that we also need to ramp up two plants at the same time means everybody has either to go left or to go right means goes to China, you go to Mexico or to China. And for sure, also our lead plant in Austria has to support the ramp up. So they will have to send people to Mexico and China that they will also kind of missing then in Austria. And we will also have as kind of a training, a lot of people from Mexico and China then traveling to Austria to run a while with the peers and learn about the product and technology and the processes and then go back and again and after going back then they will be revisited by their peers and they will later check everything is running smooth as possible at the beginning we talked about the brownfield and the greenfield approach and if there are ways to combine that or take the best out of both so when you see the two projects right now what have been the learnings on the one hand side and how do you combine that brownfield and greenfield approach As a learning so far was that we're really happy that both lines could be most likely stay together. And because of, I would really say today, a really good relation to our colleagues in Mexico, because I really have to say the brownfield topic, you need much more engagement from both sides. There's much more things to discuss and to clarify than with this greenfield. The greenfield for the sister plant is more we discuss about when I need what kind of headcount in the preparation phase and also later when we need the operators and how we want to share, you know, what is like I take as a service from the sister plant and where I hire my own guys. So this is more the discussions there on the headcount and when the machine will arrive. With a brownfield approach, we are much more in discussion for now for all the preparation work. As I just said, we have to tear down a wall, we have to prepare the floor. We have to work on offices that all the new guys coming have a place. So there's much more things to discuss. And even with the brownfield, we really have much more also the topic that if we go into the systems like SAP and so on. So there's a lot of open questions. And again, there is much more points to discuss. And we are in a really daily, weekly discussion over all functions in the projects to make this happen. But again, I'm really happy to have my Mexican colleagues here. They are really interested in having us there. And it's really good. I was already two times visiting them. And I really would say they are really helpful and they want to have this happen successful. So they really see themselves already as part of the family. Yeah. You already mentioned the Mexican colleagues. And I can see that people work as one of the biggest challenges. So. In a summary, we have two locations. You have Mexico and China, and both are being set up in parallel, as you said, but they are not starting at the same point. The one is brownfield, the one is greenfield. And when you talk about the workers right now, the people within that factories, how do you align the culture and the processes between that factories, considering that they are starting from different starting points? So a long time ago, I learned this with that F. We call this always employee number one. So as soon as we have really like the good idea, what we want to do and how we want to do, we really believe in having one guy or lady taking care as employee number one. So in, on our payroll, understanding our way of business, and it should be for sure a smart guy or a smart lady that takes care locally, having maybe already the network. So 
obviously we really want always to have maybe someone who is already a known person, maybe like second line and able then to make the next step with us. And with this employee number one, you really can bring the spirit of the product line and combine this with knowing what to do. And it's always really interesting, I guess, for everybody, if you build up a new plant, so this is really like for a few of us, it's like once in a time, the chance to really create something new. And I guess you were always also in plants that have like a long history and you sometimes wonder yourself if you go through the line, like why the hell the machine is here and another one is here and this not really makes sense. But if you work long enough you, and you know from in automotive that a lot of volume changes were coming up after they were planned, sometimes it's just like, oh, we need a new milling center. And this is the only place we have left over in the plant. So this is the reason why we choose to pick this machine in that corner. And so if you make this all new, so it's really like you have once in the lifetime, the big chance to make a great value stream, you have to really to organize this in the best way. So the longer than the plant is running, so harder it will be with all this change to keep this as the standard. As a small side topic. Does it mean when you have a factory, which is probably 10 years old, at a specific point in time, you should press the reset button and go five meters back, some steps back and take a look if you need to do a greenfield project out of it and reassemble or rearrange the things in the factory? Let me say, I just can look backwards. I would say like 15 years or 10 years ago in my previous jobs, we had this, yeah? So that, that we had some plans like, oh, but the value stream is not really great. And then you make a big workshop, even external services to see how can we do a better value stream. But then you see like more or less you have like minimum like 50% of all equipments have to be moved. And then again, you start thinking about, but this is all running business. Yeah, we had to prepare stocks until we would be allowed to move a machine. And then, you know, you have to move machine, the first machine to get a second there. So it needs a proper plan to move this around. And I would not say it's not working or not possible, but later it's always much more difficult than with this nice greenfield approach. Everything is really as you expect. You really get the great value stream. You really can make good Kanban routes supporting your material feeds. So it's really great chance. Every day I can create something new. And it's giving always a good spirit starting that new one. Everybody wants to prepare for job one. And yeah, and it even it means always you cannot stick just in your department role. It's really always you have to understand, ah, we have an issue with HR. So I'm just the production manager. But now I take care for that one because nobody from HR is maybe already on board. When we come back to the workers and culture perspective, You mentioned the employee number one on the one hand side. And I could imagine that in the plant, which is the Brownfield plant, you already have employee number 500, for example. And do you see specific measures or tools how you combine that two plants and, for example, how you transfer knowledge and best practices and get them on the same level? As we said, okay, we have employee number one, even if the receiving plant has already a lot of workers for sure, but then you have one who is specifically working on your product and on take care for your product line. This best practice sharing, as I just said, this is for us, I would always say also as best practice, 
we have to go to the mother plant. Yeah. So the location in Austria has already a couple of years experience with the product and for sure they have done also a lot of failures in between and learning from the failures, learning from what's running quite good. This is exactly what you can do then the best if you travel to Austria, work on the product, work in the process, have the chats with your peers or run with your peer at time yeah, as like head of productions or production manager. So we already have the plan. He is running like a couple of weeks just as a colleague, just as a shadow, just to understand how he is doing his regular work. So he can copy a lot of things. And if then the network starts, you know, when you then in your own environment, you will see like, okay, I first I take the copy, but then I maybe also there's a few things I want to change. And then we just need the network to see if the change is still according what we want to see as a standard or if this is still a degree of freedom everybody has to adapt for his location. And if this maybe is better than what he has learned from the mother plant, then it's also fine to speak with your peer again and share your knowledge. Maybe then also the mother plant is changing a few things. So then again, we are in this complex network and we have just to take care that this network is still lift and the exchange is done. So again, a lot of trainings will be in Austria. And we will also, for the ramp up, send colleagues from Austria into the plant to give some extra hand and doing also training on the job. When it comes to coaching and training, do you see differences between teams coming from a brownfield factory than teams coming from a greenfield factory receiving that coaching? So the openness to learn. I have in my history seen this a couple of times, and, and, but it's not always the same. So I had sometimes the point that a plant that was more or less doing the same product where I was thinking like this will be a piece of cake. Yeah. So they know already what they do. So this was even more harder because they already had their clear imagination how they want to do this with this big increase of their plant. And another plant, a greenfield plant that was like not knowing the product all about i was thinking like oh this will be hard but they were much more open to speak with the experts and to learn from the experts and also accepting that the experts at least on the first hand this is the way i want to go and again everybody is then invited after a couple of time to rethink is this is really the best or i have a smarter idea and then open all channels to discuss your ideas and see if we can involve them But this is another point, anyhow, brown or green field, that the involvement going to all layers in a plant, this is something that has changed the last years also really dramatic. Yeah? So you really want to involve the workers that are doing 24-7 in the plant, that they really know what's coming up and that they are also have the buy-in. And even you give them also chances to speak up or to say, Can we change this and that? Because I believe if I'm working here my eight hours a day, yeah, this could save me some meters in walking or because of my turns. If I want to, you have planned the monitor here, but if the monitor would stay on the left side, it's always when I turn myself and can see the monitor. As a planning engineer, you would say like, okay, I need a monitor for the machine. But where it is the monitor, I would say can be like everywhere. But the guy is sitting there every day and who needs to get the feedback if there is an alarm or whatever, he clearly has an idea where he wants to have it, yeah? not always to turn the hat. 
And this is really giving us really good feedback and again, a buy-in. And not we had this years ago that we really more came with like with a surprise to the plants. Like, by the way, here's your new machine. And then they were started the blaming, yeah. <laughs> like, ah, oh, but this is not good and that could be done better. So I really clearly say you have to involve the plant, you have to be to involve the people, not only operations, but also quality and maintenance people, because everybody has still a little different view on the new equipment or on a new plant. Yeah. If I'm in the maintenance guy, I really want to see how accessible is the line. Yeah? Can I really walk around the line? And if the aisle is just like one meter when you want to pull out something and it's not enough place, so he should give us this hint that this is not working. Andreas, at the beginning, you already touched Industry 4.0. I would be curious how technology plays into the topic we discussed in this episode. So when it comes, for example, to worker involvement, how can technology support you here? So as I just said, the first workers involvement, when we started here deeper with ZF production system, we started one time then with cardboard engineering. It was really impressive. I've seen a huge machine one-to-one -one in multiple locations. First of all, it's a lot of time you have to spend to build a machine on the scale of one-to-one -one out of cardboard. But again, the benefit were quite massive because you really could have your employee, your worker, your operator stay in front of the line, walk around. You could really give him always, this is like the whatever 15 second cycle tact. Uh, this is like always like you have now to move next, next, next. You really had great experiences what they wanted to be changed. But again, you have for your machine to find a place because this cardboard machine, you want to have like one or two months just to try out and find the place to have an extra place for one-to-one -one machine. And now coming back to a full plant, what will be even more difficult to just imagine you want to have a plant full with cardboard. So it was exactly the time that everybody said someday we have to go this the next way. Yeah? And when you started in CAT drawing with 3D models, it was already also in our operations had like, hey, this is the way we have to get machines for simulation as well into 3D. So you are using virtual reality glasses to plan your factory and get the feedback from the workers? Exactly. Yeah, we started then with one or two companies that we identified. For sure, this is all the startup companies that here are now on the way. And they started first because they also have a huge development here already. So they just started like instead of a 2D layout, yeah, you could do this in 3D, very simple. And you could also really easy build a new plant. You can bring in your pillars. Yeah. So also what is my construction findings? Yeah. Like, oh, I have to work my machine around that pillar. Yeah. So it's really helpful to have this in 3D. And exactly as you said, Benjamin, when we then go with VR glasses, you really can walk through the empty plant. And then we discuss with our machine builders. We now got most of our equipment as a 3D model. So we really can beam in our equipment and again, one-to-one -one scale. And because the software always brings this, you can make push cards, you can have Kanban shelves. So this is like a bibliotheque. You really can get something off the shelf just to, this is the size that's really going fast. And again, when we then just said like, ah, but this is now quite good, but now I want to have more because you really get then the appetite with the company. 
And then they started to say, okay, now we can make spaghetti diagrams. Really like the guy is running some circles and you really could then also measure how much meter he's going. And then we started like, oh, but there's also some ideas about ergonomy. So can we really see if he is lifting something with a certain weight over a certain bench? Again, also very proactive, not just machine is here. And then we see, oh, but this is not so good for ergonomy that the guy or the lady takes something out of the shelf and we have to change it later. So it gives us always a huge benefit in time to find out if the layout of the machine and again, the value stream, where to place the Kanban shelves, where to have the empty bins and the full bins. So you are using 3D models and VR glasses already to improve the planning process of the factory. Are there other technologies where you are fascinated about right now? Is there something where you say, I need to test it or I'm already testing it? Let me say, in building new plants, this is most of the fascinating. You know, the, the, maybe even the building is not finished, but I can already walk in. I can run around. And I've done this a few years ago. And the first was really something like, if you see the full layout, oh, there is only that limited space of equipment, but our logistic guys have placed so much space for empties and all variants. Yeah, so that, that gave us, again, the point to, and we have to sit together with the logistic guys if this is really the best concept. So again, from building a new plant, this is very interesting to use this. On the other side, what is now really challenging us in the product line and also in the ZF group is really the word of how to go more on the standardization, also in the full integration of all activities like measuring OEEs, where to store and how to store process data, how to make traceability. So all these things that comes with a production line that is giving you data and then like how to grab them, where to store them, what to do with them. So this is really a fast moving train. And for us, really interesting to see. We have a pilot working in ZF together also with Microsoft to gain here some experience and to come with that one to a standard. And it's really interesting from all of us to see in this pilot how this is working and what are the benefits out of this. And this is, again, one of the good things of a big company. You know, not everybody has to try out everything. So you really can concentrate a few things to say, okay, we have a team working on this pilot. We just have to take care that through the network, the results will be shared. Then it's great that we have the chance to benefit out of this early enough and see that it has already a degree of maturity yeah, that makes sense to copy it and not just like, oh, we just make it just to make it. Standardization of processes, digitalization of processes, and then using the data coming out of it is another super interesting topic. Probably something for the next episodes, Andreas. Would like to hear about the results in that project. Unfortunately, we are already coming to the end of this episode. And as a closing question, I would like to understand your vision for your factories. So how will your factory look like 10 years from now? If you take me again on a walk through your factory. Yeah, as I just said, I really believe a lot in digitalization and having with a standard in this digitalization, a clear single source of truth, single source of data. And for sure, all the products are always different, in, but in production, there's a lot of things that will be still the same. 
So in 10 years, I will still see people in the plants. So even if direct workforces will definitely will disappear, not 100%, but they definitely will disappear. And it's not only a question of economy, like you know, it's really now, I think everybody of us is hurting this a lot. You will not even get the people. So the problem is the accessibility of workforce. And so we are not only forced with industry 4.0 and digitalization just to make everything cheaper or more efficient. It's really a point how to avoid the loss of workforce. Yeah? This will shift a lot. So because for every direct you save for maybe by cobots or whatever, you will have even some indirects that are able to program cobots or take care. So there will be then the shift from, oh, we don't need much more of the workforces in direct, but we have to see what's to do in the indirect and in the engineers level. So the fight for talents, and this will stay for me also in 10 years, but it will shift a little bit from direct to indirect. Yeah. And again, I would also say in 10 years. So if you ask me this, I would really say then our operational excellence targets are achieved. Is also a clear commitment from us that we really want to be here under the best of the group and also over the best in production in automotive. Andreas, thanks a lot for sharing that vision. Thanks a lot for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Benjamin. Bye. Thank you for listening and we hope you found this episode valuable. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. You can find more information and resources at operationsone.com. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence, and future proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information.